here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Welcome to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold, and as always, I am joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, we're over football season. We made a lot of money on the Super Bowl. We hung out in Vegas. Now it's time to bet into some markets on college basketball and the NBA. Let's get it going, buddy. Yeah, dude, it was great meeting you out in Vegas. That shit was lit, and uh, excited to not talk about. I mean, I mean, football was great. We went out well, but NBA is my shit, and I know college basketball is your thing. You bet the weirdest colleges I've never <laughs> even heard of at all hours of the day. So I'm really excited to bring to start this uh, second part of our journey here. Yeah, uh, little known fact that I am a college basketball degen. I went to March Madness in Vegas for a decade before the last two years kind of got canceled with the pandemic. But we're back this year trying to get convince you to come out March 16th to the 20th. If you've never been to Vegas for March Madness, it is. if there's one thing that's overrated in Vegas, it's the Super Bowl. And if there's one thing that's criminally underrated in Vegas, it's March Madness. It is the best gambling week of the year to be in Las Vegas. So hopefully you make it out. Hopefully we end up at the uh, craps table at 4.15 in the morning once again uh, with Dan over sitting in the corner like, what do I do? I was just, just pick a number and throw it at him. It's good times. <laughs> but no, I went, to, uh, I went to March Madness once in Vegas, lost all my money, but I never had more fun losing my money than March Madness. So I'm uh, definitely trying to negotiate that right now. So that is we'll see. A, that is a wonderful slogan for March Madness in Vegas. <laughs> I've never had more fun losing money in my life. Put it on a T-shirt, baby. Uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so like you said, we, we met in Vegas. We had a great time. Now we're back. Champions Round is uh, back with some new stuff, too. It's going to be awesome. We are doing all sorts of contests, seven stakes contests. We are also going to debut a three-question contest daily coming out in about a month. So stay tuned for that. But seven stakes, we've got a bunch coming up. We have an NBA slate this weekend. March Madness, we're going to do basically every game possible. UFC 272. We're throwing a golf. We're going to go all over the place with this. So stay tuned. And we're going to have a bunch of uh, giveaways and some cash prizes to give away out. Also, this week, uh, some stakes is up. Questions for the NBA slate that starts tomorrow. The day will get into more for all of your gambling needs on that. But for the seven stakes questions, we've got seven games, uh, four days. You got to get them in by five o'clock tomorrow, Thursday. We're giving away an Anthony Edwards jersey for that giveaway. So finish right. for plays. You get that Anthony Edwards jersey. That'll be really, really sweet. All right. Let's move into it. Let's start with a little NBA betting action because I know that this is your jam. You know this market probably better than anyone that I personally know. You obviously talk about it all day long for Action Network. Uh, why don't we start with the teams that are actually contenders and who's a pretender in the NBA right now? Give people an overview of where we stand post-Super Bowl. Yeah, so I think the most telling news is, is really the injury of CP3. Um, he broke his, uh, I believe his, maybe his thumb, something in his hand, and he's going to be missing six to eight weeks. But like, this is the perfect scenario for the Suns because right now, when you're evaluating the NBA, you want to actually look at the loss column, not the wins column, because you can't catch up in losses, right? So the, your losses are your losses. You can always catch up in wins. And the Suns have such a wide margin. They're the next team. They only have 10 losses. The next team to them is the Warriors with 17. So this is the perfect time for CP3 to get hurt. They could lose a bunch of games and still hold value. And I'll talk about it later for some futures that I'm betting. But 
you know, the loss of CP3, while it still may seem like it's going to be a big thing, they're a real team. They're one of the top 10 teams in offense and defensive efficiency. And this team has, they're loaded. I mean, we're going to see Devin Booker really pick up the facilitation when CP3 is out. This team is deep. I really like the Suns, so they're definitely real. And they're the top team in the NBA. Number two, got to go with the Warriors. They're missing Draymond Green, and they're still the second best in the NBA. He's missed 25 games. They're 14 and 11 with him straight up out. And you got to say, man, it's crazy how good the Warriors are if Steph Curry is putting up the second lowest field goal percentage that he's had in his career just coming off an all-star game where he dropped 16 threes and 50 points. I Granted, it's an all-star game. It's an all-star game. But, I mean, this guy's not even shooting that well, and this team is still doing really well without Draymond Green and – you're just getting Klay Thompson back. Like, I got to buy into the Warriors there. So they're definitely for real. The Bucks, they've been sandbagging a bit, but this is the defending champs. I think that they know how to win. They know that the Eastern Conference, there's not a lot of games between them. They're only two and a half games out of first place. So at this stage, you know, they did lose a couple of key players in in uh, Dante DiVincenzo. They, they traded him away. And then right after that, Pat Connington got hurt. But this team has championship pedigree. We, they have their big three still intact in Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. This is a dangerous team with a good coaching uh, behind them. I think that they're going to be a good squad and, and one to watch, especially if they can get Brooke Lopez back, who's been missing much of the season with injury. The Heat, they're currently number one seed in the East. I think that they're also for real. The combination of Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and then you got potentially the sixth man of the year, the favorite in it, in Tyler Hero. Shout to Jack Harlow. Um, who also bought out in the Celebrity All-Star game, although the All-Star weekend was trash, but we don't need to go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the Heat, they're a real team. They have solid veteran leadership. This team has had Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo out at several different points in the season, and they're still the top team in the East. And they have one of the best coaches in basketball, Eric Spolstra. He never used to get a lot of credit in the LeBron, Wade, Bosch era, but this guy wins games. He knows how – to win in the playoffs and Pat Riley's got his back. So you can't count out the heat or discount the heat. The last team I'm going with is an Eastern conference team and it's a little standing. Yeah, it is. But uh, I'm believing in the, the acquisition of James Harden here. I think this really bolsters this Sixers front, the Sixers backcourt that let's be honest, man, we weren't playing with Ben Simmons anyway. And we have a young promising guard in Tyrese Maxey. You add James Harden to that equation, I think you're looking at a modern-day Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant here, potentially. Now, will Tobias Harris fit in that third-option role? We'll find out. Doc Rivers, he has a storied history of blowing it in the playoffs. But I think when you get a player like James Harden into that fold, you're a dangerous team here. And I have more faith in them than the Nets, which I'll get to uh, in my pretender speed, but once I talk about that in a little bit. All right. Well, let's go to pretenders now because I'm, I'm interested. Right. I have a couple of teams. It. I have a couple of teams in my head that I'm thinking of that I'm interested to see if they make this list, and if not, why they don't fall in either category. So let's gotcha. go with the pretenders. Yeah. So the first pretenders, hot take, but I'm going with the Grizzlies. Now they're a top ten de- team in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency, but this team is bottom ten in, in threes made and also half court offense. What is the playoffs? It's slowed down basketball, a lot of defense, and you got to be able to shoot. Now, while this team is super dynamic, you know, you got John Morant that's putting up 360 dunks. You got Desmond Bain showing out, uh, really being one of the more undervalued players in the NBA right now. But this team is not built for the postseason. And once the game slows down and you got to get a bucket, I think this team's going to really struggle 
um, and when they get further along in the postseason. The second team I'm going to go with is the Raptors. Now, on paper, you look at the Raptors squad. It's like, damn, they got so much offensive and defensive um, flexibility there, and they're long, really good team, but they lack depth. And you got Nick Nurse playing three of their starters um, over 35 minutes per game. Three of their starters rank in the top 10 in minutes played per game. So he's running these guys to death. He's the modern-day Tim Tom Thibodeau, and you got to expect at some point this team's just going to run out of gas. When you're playing that many minutes, you know, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet are number one and two in minutes played. This is going to catch up to him, and we already see Fred Van Vliet missing games sparingly uh, for his knee. So I'm a little worried about them. Next team is the Jazz. This is a great regular season team, but you can't deny, man, this this – uh, rift between him and Rudy Gobert. There's already been rumors that Donovan that Donovan Mitchell might try to force a trade out of Utah in the offseason. This is going to catch up to them too. Like as deep as this squad is, you know, I don't think that they're really built for this postseason. They can they struggle to adapt in the in the uh at, to make in-game adjustments. So after halftime, you know, they always still run their offense. Their drop coverage is great. It really makes uh Rudy Gobert stand out as a defensive player but there's other holes that this team needs to correct. And I'm not betting on them against the Warriors, the Suns, um, and potentially some other teams in the Western Conference. Next team, got to go with your Lakers, man. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know if they're really contenders anyway, but just the thought of AD being out again with an injury, it's going to be on the, the the heels of a 37-year-old or the shoulders of a 37-year-old LeBron James. I, I don't have much faith in it. You know, as much as you, you can believe in King James and his greatness, this team's going to struggle. They have literally no depth, no other assets. Palenka made no moves at the offseat in the uh, at the trade deadline. LeBron and Team Clutch are already pissed about it. This is going the wrong direction fast. And the final team, I'm going with the Nets. What are we getting here? The the New York City mayor just came out with uh, the possibility of changing the mandates in New York, so Kyrie, part time player, can now become full time player. But he has an injury history. We know he's flaky. He's probably you know. I don't know, looking into astrology and Ouija boards on how he should make his next movement, or maybe it's the the Illuminati. I don't even know. But this guy's an enigma. Can't trust him. Kevin Durant has an MCL sprain. He hasn't returned to the court yet, so that's a question mark. And then you also have Ben Simmons, the guy that refuses to shoot the ball. There's videos right now of him working with Kyle Korver in, the, in practice for the Brooklyn Nets. It's like, dude, why couldn't you do that with the Sixers? I, I, I can't trust him. Can't trust him. Great defensive player, but this team... Uh, we have yet to see how Steve Nash really adapts in the playoffs. I think that they're not going to, um, as, as even though they were the odds-on favorite for much of the season, making this move for Ben Simmons, a guy that is great in space. You know, he can find the shooters. But when the game's on the line, I don't want Ben Simmons on the floor. I've seen it too much with the Sixers, so I, I can't believe in them in the postseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to talk a little bit more about the Lakers and the Nets. All of your contenders make sense to me. I was, they're all great teams, and there's some injury concerns, obviously, with Draymond and Chris Paul. Uh, yeah, which I'll talk about. I'll talk about it in a second. But those teams are going to be there at the end, and I don't think that either of those players are really going to miss significant time in the playoffs. You know, if they were going to start now, I'm not too concerned about them right. long term. Um, I want to talk about the Lakers for a second because I'm a homer, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I, I genuinely hate this Lakers team. It's who does since it? Kobe, since so horribly since Kobe, constructed. <laughs> yeah, since Kobe retired, this is definitely the most unwatchable team. Uh, even like the year after he retired, when it was like the baby Lakers, at least they were like interesting. This team just yeah. stinks. And, you know, there's a lot of Russell Westbrook stink all over the team. Oh, uh, and LeBron, LeBron's just the, the all-star weekend performance by LeBron was something else. 
I may come back to Cleveland. I want to play with Bronny. All right, I'm going to hug and dab MJ. He's already posturing, man. This is what Bron does, man. He as soon as he feels uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah. He's setting the narrative right now, which is fine. But look at... But look at the bus. Look at the bus team. They're like, "No, nah, we got this." Rambus, Genie, Palinka, you, you're not. You're not flexing on us, Bronny. <laughs> Our front office is like an episode of The Office. To be honest, with you. there's a lot of characters that are not very good at their jobs who have been carried yeah. along by one star uh, from for a long time. But uh, anyways, true. I, wa- I want to talk about the puncher's chance uh, that. The Lakers potentially have. Let's let's go with the optimistic scenario. Forget yeah. that Russell Westbrook ever ever does anything that's super productive. Let's just say Westbrook is who he is, and maybe if you're playing a seven game series, you get two great Westbrook games. You get Possibly. probably three and a half bad games, and then one and a half where he's not killing you. Right. LeBron is LeBron, and like you said before, you get to the NBA playoffs, everything slows down. There's probably like two or three players I'd still rather have in the NBA than LeBron in the playoffs. Like this, this is his shit. This is what he does. Let's assume that AD he comes back in four weeks and he's the AD version. Let's say he would get eighty percent of bubble AD, which means he's on the ground every other play. He's bruised and nicked up. He still plays, but he doesn't miss any games. Right. So that's that's the upside. And like the role players play well. The Malik Monks, all those guys step up and they have the roles like they did in the, in the bubble too, like KCP stepped up and Rondo and whatever. Sure. Again, I'm going with upside. Let's say that Chris Paul is out or injured. So the Lakers are in the play-in tournament. They win the play-in tournament. They get to face either the Warriors or the Suns. CP3 supposed to return right now with the wrist like one day before the end of the regular season. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be close. So he wouldn't have played any games. You're putting Westbrook on him, who at least will be athletic and in his face and try to bother him, whether or not successful or not, whatever, but tries to get in his face and do something productive. LeBron's LeBron. AD's 80% of AD. Or you get the Warrior side where Draymond doesn't come back. No one else steps up into that role. Wiggins doesn't play well, and you're going Clay, who's still not quite 100% back. And Steph, who, like you said earlier, not shooting his best on the season, puncher's chance? I'm just saying, there's, there is a way for the Lakers to be successful in the playoffs. The problem is, I don't know if they're going to make it there. So, you can bet on them to make the playoffs and at pretty good odds right now, being that they're, what, the eighth? Uh, they're the ninth spot, I think, right now? Eighth or ninth. Yeah. yeah, but all you got to so, do is be in the top ten. Right. But, for them to go, I mean, if you're going to go that far... You might as well just take them to win the championship at this point. It's 45 to one. Why not? Woo! Woo! I've heard I mean, how many best. times, how many years, how many years has LeBron missed the NBA finals over the last like decade? Like two, twice, twice. Yeah. Right. So you figure 80 potentially could be getting his like long term injury out of the way right now, similar to CP3. You want yeah. these guys to like return at the right time. They already have chemistry Rest- with you know, LeBron and- maybe. Yeah. All rested, hanging out, feeling good. This is what you want for AD, for 100%. Chris Paul, oh, yeah. same thing. Like, I, I'd rather have you later than now. But the problem yeah. is the Suns have the margin. The Lakers, unfortunately, do not. So they're going to have to take this yeah. long, hard road to get there. But they can do it um, just off the strength Wait, of the also, but Also, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Suns have good players. Let's remember that. <laughs> <laughs> they have really good players. 
They're yeah. really good players. So it's, I mean, at this point, I mean, you're really just playing the numbers. Like, so best case scenario, say the Lakers go on a run, you buy them, yeah. you buy them to get the championship right now, at 45 to one, you could probably have a cash out opportunity there. Oh yeah, probably. Definitely. And, and then, especially if they get to that play in tournament, they'd knock out maybe the first round, pull an upset. Cause I mean, how often are the Lakers going to be underdogs? Uh, it's probably, if depends on if AD is there, but I think there, there could be some value in the Lakers. If, which is crazy. The, if the if AD is healthy, and you're talking about the seven, eight, nine, ten, the Lakers will be the favorite. Yeah, in every single one of those games against every yeah. single one of those games for sure. Yeah, yeah, the public's going to definitely back LeBron and the Lakers, like betting the Cowboys. But <laughs> eventually, it's going to get to that point. If they get to the second, third round, that's when I feel like that 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 value is going to really come into play. When you're playing against the Suns, playing against the Warriors. They're not going to be favored against those teams. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other team I wanted to talk about was one team that you left off, which is the Cavs. I, I'm kind of interested to see what your breakdown is on the Cavs and if a team that this is this young can actually make a run because they seemingly have pieces, and not only pieces, yeah. but pieces that are so different than what other teams can throw out, especially in the East with the Twin Towers. I'm wondering if they'll be able to give someone a run for their money in the first round of the playoffs. I don't anticipate them probably making like the Eastern Conference Finals, but yeah. I'm wondering if, they, if they're going to sneak in and then surprise someone in round one. Yeah, I think it's – I'm glad you brought them up because I think they they do kind of slide in that middle range because I don't – they're definitely contenders, but they're not pretenders. They're so young that I don't know – similar to the Grizzlies, like they don't have a lot of veteran leadership and playoff experience yet to that I know that I want to catapult them into, you know, second round, third round, potentially Eastern Conference Finals. But Evan Mobley is easily – I mean, he's the favorite to win Rookie of the Year right now. And and it, there's a logical reason why. He's a great defensive player. He's already one of the best defensive players in the league right now. And then you have Darius Garland, who has just emerged as this really great point guard with Colin Sexton being out for the season. I still think that they have enough playoff experience right now to – make a deep run, but it is a team that I'm eyeing for sure. And I actually already took a future on them winning their division. Uh, right now it's getting a little bit murkier because I saw Darius Garland's been ruled out for Thursday. He's been battling this knee injury. He was plenty there for all-star weekend in Cleveland representing for his home city. But uh, yeah, I don't know how long that injury is going to linger. Um, so that I do have some concerns around that, but the top part of the Eastern conference is, I don't know who's going to come out of it. The bulls, they could be getting Lonzo ball back. And, you know, Alex Caruso back, who was a great player for them. Lakers messed up by not re-signing him. That's that's yep. going to be a, one of those mistakes. But then you yep. also have the um, – uh, what's the other team I was just thinking of? Uh, the Bulls and the Celtics. The Celtics just made an acquisition by getting Derek White, which bolsters their defense, which they never played any of before. You got Robert Williams playing full-time now. And then you got Tatum and, and Jalen Brown there. Marcus Smart gets over his ankle injury. You got a pretty good Boston squad too. So there's a couple. There's quite a few squads here in this Eastern Conference that I think could actually make some noise. I just don't know who's going to pull ahead. So the teams it I mentioned before are the ones I think are going to pull ahead. It definitely feels like one of the deepest years in the NBA. There's, like, there's a lot of different angles and teams that can come in here. The, my problem with the Cavs, I, I love their defense. I love their young energy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I actually like the fact that they play so different than anyone else. Mm -hmm. But – Playoffs slow, great for their defense, but who the hell's taking the shot at the end of the game? Who's going to score? Who's going to yeah. score? Yeah, exactly right. So that, that. at least with Memphis, we're going to compare the team, and I think they're probably comparable with their you know defensive energy. Yeah, but at yeah. least I know Ja has the ball can, at the end of the game, whether it he passes a or shoots or right. whatever. But like right. Jaw's Jaw's that dude, and I, 
Cavs don't have that guy yet. I don't think that Garland's quite that guy, but maybe I'll be surprised. Uh, the Celtics was definitely one that I'm eyeing where, like, if Tatum and Brown get hot, that's that's scary for a lot of opponents in the Eastern Conference. Very scary. And that's the thing, that sometimes they're they're very streaky players, right? So, But if you catch them on the right night when they're playing defense and you also have another angle or another player that you can defer to in that second lineup like Derek White or Marcus Smart who can play mix and match, this is going to be a really dangerous squad. And, I mean, they won seven of their last eight games heading into the break. So they're heating up at the right time as well. All right, let's talk about future bets that you've made very quickly, yeah. and then we'll move on to kind of your uh, gambling strategies. Sure. So way early on, I bet the Phoenix Suns plus 800 to win the championship. Uh, given the, the circumstances and Chris Paul being out, there might be another buy low, another buy opportunity here. If the Suns lose their first several games of this uh, post-All-Star break without Chris Paul, I would definitely buy in on them because they are going to be getting him back right before the playoffs start. So um, I think that's a team I would also be looking at. MVP is a really tight race. I bet on Joel Embiid well before um, he got up to this, the favorite at plus 145, which he's currently, I'm currently seeing him at 145 plus 160. I would buy into that because I think when James Harden actually comes here, he's only going to make him better. Um, I don't see his his stats really going down. The Sixers, they're well in, in, they're well in contention for the top spot in the Eastern conference. If they win the division and get the top spot in the East, this is going to be Joel Embiid's award to win. Jokic is right behind him as well. And he's putting up the most ridiculous numbers um, in NBA history for anyone. Like his, his triple double that he's averaging damn near is like, it's just disgusting. Um, And he's blowing out all the advanced metrics, but I just don't see Denver making that run unless they get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter jr. Back. And they're already like ready to go. Cause I don't, I don't see Denver, overcoming the Warriors or the uh, the Suns here, um, which is going to hurt him ultimately. But Steph Curry at plus 12, plus 1,200 is really intriguing for me for MVP. If Draymond Green comes back, man, uh, after that all-star performance, that certainly boosted his odds a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think he's probably a hot one that you might want to – I mean, imagine if Curry winds up averaging like 35 for the last quarter of this season. I think he's going to get some votes here. If he goes absolutely nuclear and they get the one seed, I, I see the case, and that might be yeah. the best value on the board. Uh, right. But I definitely think Embiid has the award to lose. My question with Embiid, as always, and he's been you know healthy for the last couple of years, is that, right. that dude's one one wrong elbow to the hip away from not playing <laughs> any more games the rest of the season. And I love I Embiid. Mean, it's just like he'd he be ma- he'd be making a sweat kind of like AD does, man. He'd be falling oh, yeah. weird and all that, you know, like it's. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely frustrating as a as a Sixer fan to like watch him a big man seven feet who has a foot injury and knee injury issues, back issues, constantly yeah. on the ground. But I think he's I think he's locked in right now, especially getting James Harden. He's like motivated to like will this will this out. So yeah, I really like Embiid here. And one thing I also throw out here, um, a pretty cool parlay I saw. I mean, it's not the, it's they're juiced odds, but you can throw this in with another sure bet maybe. Um, but right now, for minus 163, if you combine Rookie of the Year, Evan Mobley, who's currently minus 500, uh, Tyler Hero for Sixth Man of the Year, he's like minus 1,200. And then you have Most Improved Player, John Morant, um, who's also the favorite by a, a pretty wide margin. Minus 163, parlay those three with any other bet that you like. You could probably get some pretty good odds on a parlay there. So just Ooh. another idea for you. Spicy. Maybe you take your favorite future and you throw it in there and then just exactly once you hit the first three. Yep, exactly. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. So (laughs) you take you take those three that are pretty much locks. 
You take whatever right. your long shot. So let's say that it's the Chris Paul uh, post post injury dip that you get on Phoenix. Say that you right. get them around seven, eight hundred, something like that. Take that number, and then once you get to the playoffs, you know the Suns are going to make the playoffs. Then you can fade that at any point because you got the first three parts. Exactly, Danny. I like the way that your brain is working, baby. Go even gro- go gross. Take the Lakers yeah. forty-five to one. Throw that in there, cash out when you got that. Oh man, that's that's uh that that could be a nice little opportunity yeah. there. Too. The problem with the Lakers one is like there's a good chance that they don't even make the playoffs. Like I want to hit the first yeah. three and I want to have my future <laughs> my future right. guy in the playoffs, man. Right. Yeah, that would suck to hit the first three, like have this great play, and then the Lakers finishes like the eleven seed. And you're just SOL. I don't yeah, that's your life. squad though, man. Have faith in your squad. You got the king, bro. Hate Dude, I gamble too. I gamble way too much to be unrealistic about my team. Like. I think Facts. one of the bad one of the bad thing about gambling, if you're like actually serious about it, is you get real realistic about your own teams really quickly. And Absolutely. all of your friends, all of your friends that are like your hometown guys that are you're like, you're an idiot. We stink. Like, stop being such a fan. Like, can't you like see what's happening? It's very frustrating. Yeah. You gotta you gotta disentangle your allegiances to a certain point, man. And I love watching the Sixers. I don't bet them. I don't bet on the Hokies that much. I mean, I'll bet on Joel Embiid, but you know, game to game with Doc Rivers as the head coach, I ain't trusting him. I already know his rotations are awful. I'll they'll have a, a great lead. He'll make some stupid move, and the next thing you know, it's a close game. You gotta you gotta know your squads. If you know them, um, you can play on those tendencies. The only team that I fully won't bet on Oregon football. I I will bet against them as much as I want to, but I'll never <laughs> bet on them. I can't handle it. Like my heart literally <laughs> cannot handle it. Um, other teams I will, but I think that I'm pretty realistic about what's going on. Um, all right. We got through future spets. We got through the pretenders and contenders. Now I want to talk about, well, one, let's start with your pick for Thursday. Let's give some people something to munch on. And then we'll talk about your actual NBA strategy and maybe walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So my pick is Steph Curry over 24 and a half points against the trailblazers. I'm I'm riding the hot hand, man. You don't just drop 16 threes in a game and and just drop a, a freaking 22, 23 point game here. I think he's locked in. I think he's motivated to make this run. Draymond Green's not going to play again or not going to play in this game. But uh, coming right out of the All Star break, I think this guy is really motivated after winning so much money for the charities and doing great things. It was a very vibrant weekend. He's named to the 75 top players list. It was an all-dropping experience for him. He talked about it later afterwards. I think he is just locked in right now. I think we're going to see the Steph Curry that we're expecting earlier in the season. 24 and a half is way too low. I think he's probably going to hit closer to like 28, if not 30, uh, first game out. Lock. Lock. I love it. All right. Now let's talk about a little bit of your strategy. So going into morning of – so tomorrow morning, Thursday morning. Yeah. yeah. What are the things the that you're looking for? Yeah. Yeah. What's the process? First thing I do, man, I, I look at the schedule. So obviously we're coming out of the all-star break. So everyone kind of gets a mulligan on that one. Everyone's had the same amount of time off. But typically, if this were, you know, say this is us talking next week, first thing I would do is, hey, who's playing on a back-to-back set? Who's played three games in four nights? Who's got the tired legs? Definitely want to exploit the tired legs. Um, and then also travel. Travel always plays a some some sort of, not, not necessarily home court advantage, but just the distance that you're traveling. You're staying in a hotel. Maybe you miss a flight or the flight's delayed. There's angles there where people may be a little bit more tired than you than expected. Next thing you got to do is always check the injury report. I'm checking, refreshing the injury report. Then NBA now changed it to where they release it every hour, um, a team every hour. So 
Um, I'm constantly refreshing that to see which players are going to be in and out because you can certainly get early early line um, opening value if you place the bet knowing that someone later down the line is going to be going to be out. Which brings me to my next point: with NBA, you want to get your bets in as soon as possible. Like I try to get closing line value as as much as I can, but when you have these like star players, like say if LeBron's going to be questionable. I probably won't bet on the Lakers that night because he carries so much uh, control over the spread that if he's out, then, and we know how bad this Lakers team is, I don't even want to bet on that. So I try to go for the teams that have uh, the least amount of injuries and have a well-rested schedule and performance against that schedule. So if they play well with a one-day rest, two-day rest, if they play well on the road, how do they play in the first half versus the second half? How's their pace? How's their defensive efficiency? You know, who has their gaps and their weaknesses? Um, so there's several different sources that I use to do that. Um, and that's more so for betting the spread in totals. But for player props, there's several different tools out there that you can look at. And that's really, really relying on the injury report. If someone's out, someone else may get more usage on the floor with certain people out of the out of the game. Um, Props.cast is a really good resource for that. I love it. Um, but other than that, man, I'm just scouring NBA.com. Uh, filtering using different filters. I use teamrankings.com. I use dunks and threes is a really good resource for any kind of uh, advanced metrics. Um, they have really good graphics as well. Um, so yeah, I, I will I will happily put a little graphic together of like the Dan Titus capping process for NBA, but it's it's a gauntlet, man. Like it, it's hard to do the NBA because it's every other, it's practically every day, and there's going to be certain points of value and other missed opportunities that you may miss, but. Stick to your process, stick to your flow. Don't do anything too much. Um, much like college basketball, there's so much volume happening that you can get yourself a little bit um, maybe caught up in it. And, you know, you have a bad night and you go double down on something else that you probably shouldn't do. Like, tr- trust chase. your process. Don't don't chase. don't chase. Yeah. Don't chase. You can, ch- you can chase when you're at the roulette or craps table at 4 a.m. in <laughs> Vegas. But Facts. You can't chase, can't chase when you're sober and gambling on sports. Please don't do that. Um, yeah, not never a good combination there. But um, yeah, I, we also talked about it before. But like I, another way to to hedge, you know, if you buy an early position, uh, early in the morning, you know, you're talking eight nine a.m. Eastern time. The beautiful thing about basketball is that you can watch a game and you can see the momentum swings much more than any other sport, I think. And live um, betting, baby, live bet it just opens up the whole aperture for for live betting. And I think that that's really where. Any mistakes that are made at the front end, you can make make up for in the back end. And you can get pretty creative here um, as well. So, yeah, I'm o- always a fan of live betting, especially games that, you know, maybe trend in a certain direction. Someone gets hurt mid-game. You know, there's there's certain angles that you can play live um, that can also have value for you. Uh, the one piece of advice I'll give off the top for NBA or college basketball, too. Uh, one, I, I, t- I agree with everything that you said. And live lines is my shit. Um, I will say, if you're trying to get into this, just for you know recreational purposes, the best way to learn is just to bet. Bet five dollars, ten dollars on a game. Have a hundred dollars that you want to bet total in a day. Throw it on live lines, player props, whatever. Yeah. You're gonna learn so much by just doing uh, that. Just listening to us say we like this, we like go learn on your own. Like right. we're happy to entertain and whatever. That's what we're here for. That's what we love doing. But uh, you're not gonna learn unless you do it. So just go do it. Yeah. And you got to trust your gut. I mean, if you're a fan of basketball, college basketball, whatever, you know, just like watching the game, like you, you see things, you, you know, the tendencies of certain players and teams that you watch, um, you can, you can use that information, you know, add a little data behind it and uh, trust your gut sometimes because it's not always, there's no foolproof plan to 
winning every bet. Like we all we freaking lose. But you said to me best in Vegas, man. I was like, yo, Jay, how we how I play craps, man. Like I, I know how to throw the dice, but I don't know what this, you know, uh, I don't know all the terminologies when I'm putting on moving my money and like da da da. Like he's like, yo, just just freaking do it. And it, it worked out. Cashed out the table. So hey, now now I can now I have another game I can play when I go back. Love it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, this is always my advice to anyone that's gambling on anything, or I guess kind of maybe it's a life rule too. You're not gonna learn shit unless you actually do it for yourself, right? So you hey, gotta throw yourself into it. Aspiring fantasy analysts, hey, I want to be. I I do this all the time. I win all my leagues. How do I get into a fantasy industry? I don't know. Freaking start writing about it. Go reach out to somebody and start doing it. Go start your make your Twitter account. Like there's, you just got to do it, man. You gotta rip the bandaid off. All right, let's switch over to college basketball for a second. I feel like this is going to be about 10 minutes of me talking, and then we'll head out of here. We got way, we got so much information on the NBA. I love it. Uh, maybe we'll do another full one on college basketball in a little bit when we get closer to March Madness. But I'll, yeah. let me break down my strategy first. So I have an Excel spreadsheet. I go through every game, every day, uh, because I'm a degenerate and I have nothing better to do with my life. So on Saturdays when there's 120 games going on, um, about up until about three, four in the morning on Fridays, breaking down all the games. And my wife thinks that I'm a nutbag. She's right. I am. I uh, relate. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, I have about, I think it's about 15 different categories that I look for and I'll just read them off to you. I don't, I don't have any problem sharing them. So under 25% of bets placed in the power six conferences is one that I look at. So like today is Wednesday. It's like Clemson, Minnesota, Xavier, Teams that are under bet in these spots, usually you think that the favorites are going to get a lot of this money. So you like to fade in that situation. Uh, KenPomeroy.com. If you're into great, great. Uh, college basketball gambling at all, that is the resource that and the Jeff Sagarin ratings. I'll talk about these a little bit more, but these are crucial. Because there's so much. Bo- man, it's worth it. Absolutely. If you're, it's like maybe one bet, right? Mm-hmm. So just go ahead and buy it. Give him some action. Um because there's so much volume in college basketball, it's 70, 80 games a night in all parts of the, the world. Yeah. You know, there's a game starting at 12 p.m. There's a game starting at 8.30 p.m. You can't possibly watch it all. The NBA, at least you have league pass. You can get a lot of action. College basketball, sure. you don't. What you what you need is ratings. And if you're into statistics like me and into math, Sagarin and Kempom is like the absolute shit. You can't do better than that. So right. with that being said, Ken Palm has this ranking called luck. Something I look for huge, huge opportunities all the time. Any team that's in the top 15 of his luck ratings, I automatically fade every game. And any team that's on the bottom 10, I automatically buy every game that they play. That traditionally for me, look at it right now, 57.4% over the last four years doing that. So that's some good money-making opportunities there. Uh, obviously, I listen to a podcast, some people that I really respect, including if you listen to the podcast, You Better You Bet. Ken Barkley, he gives his overnight bets. Uh, I like to jump on those the night before. He usually is really good at getting closing line value, which is ultimately all we care about in the gambling business. Right. Uh, under 150 points on a neutral court is a great and very key number. Those go under. This is usually at the beginning of seasons, and then when we get into March Madness and conference tournaments, if you see these high numbers, people are unfamiliar with arenas. Sometimes you're in these big arenas with the weird backdrops that you don't know. Unders. 150 for the game, and specifically unders on the first half, especially if you're getting like 73 and a half or more, you'll want to jump on that for sure. Also talking about unders in general, I like to bet unders on first half when I like the game totals more than I do the full game because wacky shit happens at the end of basketball games. You can't trust the foul situation. like hitting that first half. 
If you like overs, I like betting the full game, not the first half for the same logic. Uh, I also look at uh, early point movers. Anything that's moved from when the line is posted, if it moves more than a point and a half in the first two hours, generally want to jump on that before you lose too much value, especially if it's a side that you like already. Jeff Sager and Ken Palm, you compare the lines. The way that I do it is if there's a difference in their totals, more than three points on a game side and more than four points on a total is what I like to bet, uh, especially if it works with some of the other angles I'm looking at. I read Action Network a crap ton, and we'll talk about that in a second. Your website does a very, very good job of breaking down all the action that's going yeah. on. Um, there's almost too much information to process, but if you kind of have specific things that you're looking for, mm-hmm. hopefully we can help you do that. It can be helpful. So Action Network has something called uh, Pro Report. You take information from all the sports books. You combine it into one data space. So they have five categories on that pro picks, sharp action, big money moves, pro systems, model projections, and top experts. I put all that on my Excel sheet, and usually I look for three different hits. So if one of these teams, sides, or totals pops up in three different places, that's an auto bet for me. Two is usually I have to think about it a little bit more. One doesn't really mean anything to me. And then if you also go to their public betting space, they have the spread over under and money line differences. I look for a difference over 25%. And if the percentage difference, if it's bet less than 50% and I'm still getting a 25% edge, that's usually something that goes on my Excel sheet. So combine all of those data points. Like I said, I'm usually looking for three to give me the go ahead to go and make that bet. But yeah, I, I list out every game that hits any of those every single day. Don't do what I do. I have a problem. <laughs> Dude, that is uh that is thorough. Um, I didn't even get to all the I mean, the way you broke down the the use of action network, uh shameless plug, that was awesome. Um, but the integration to like your own system is is I think is really what the value is because there's no right way, there's no wrong way to do anything. Um, but I think when you aggregate a whole bunch of different sources that make sense to you, that help you evaluate um objectively how to evaluate either a line, an angle a scenario like that's the way you got to do it. So I think you broke it down a great, it was a great illustration of how you combine a few different elements to create what it is that informs you. And ultimately, I mean, you know, if you get really serious in this and like, I think most of my colleagues at the action network, they're all building their own models. I know you used to do that too. Like that's when you're at, that's when you're at the right place where you can find a number, build a number. And then how does that compare to, you know, what Vegas is spitting out and then using all those other inputs um, as well in that evaluation. Yeah, I, I think that, one, thank you. Uh, I think that people that build the models, and I'm sure that Sean Corner and Chris Rayvon and all those guys will tell you too, it's only one data point. Like your number will spit out right. something, but you right. also need to think about it a little bit more than just raw sure. numbers. And I'm sure. actually reading this this book right now that's really interesting for anyone that wants to do it. It's called The Eye Test by Chris Jones, former, uh, God, he used to write for everybody. Rest of you used to write for your old boss, Chad Millman at ESPN.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has this, this book, the eye test, which is basically like the combination of analytics, but basically saying, don't go too far in analytics. There's still something to be said for human instinct and taking sure. in other world information in real time and being able to use analytics to help you make a decision, but not being fully on that. I think the same applies to gambling, to be honest with you. You got, you got like you're talking about, you got to know the schedule. You got to know this guy's injured. You got to know that they're hot right now. You got to know that this right. coach has a good groove right now. You got to know that you know, these guys are gelling, these guys aren't, and what's going on off the court, and you know, it's hard right. indeed. Are they going to get together and be well? Analytics can't judge that for you. It's right. a lot of it is instinct. And again, the more that you do it, the more that you learn. So 
that's kind of my breakdown on it. Um, let's get back college basketball. So I'll run through a contenders and pretenders. We'll talk about more of this when we get to March. But contenders that I have right now that I will bet on, continue betting on, top five, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, Auburn, and Kansas. Basically, the reason for that is if you look at Ken Palm and Sagarin ratings, they're top 30 uh, in offensive and defensive efficiency. Usually a good indication if they're going to be a national championship-worthy team or at least a Final mm. Four team. If you're outside of the top 30 in either of those, usually not doing well. And uh, potentially a if, if a team – I'll get to it in a little bit, but if a team has a really high offensive rating or defensive rating and then they're terrible on the other side, great spot to fade them early in the tournament and in conference mm. tournaments. So keep that in the back of your mind. So I'm guessing, you have, a, I'm guessing yeah. you have a pretender on that list that would fall into that category. Oh, I got a lot. Uh, oh, <laughs> the, the sneaky contender I have is Illinois, who should have been there last year, who I thought was the best team uh, outside of Gonzaga and Baylor last season. They still have uh, Kofi, who is a monster. He'll never do anything in the NBA, but he's a great college player because uh, he's just a, he's a beast. Uh, all right, pretenders we have on here. Wisconsin. Look, their coach tried to fight Jawan Howard. Howard. I tried to fight I'm about him. to fend so, them off that alone. That's that's not great. Um, it'd be kind of stupid to want to fight Jawan Howard, but uh, they're number seven in the luck ratings from Kempom. Uh, basically, no team that's in the top twenty-five right now. I'm looking at it right now. The closest team in the top twenty-five of his rankings in luck. So they're seven. Closest is sixty-two from Purdue. They ain't gonna cut it. They're gonna get cut Damn. down real early. Uh, Purdue, another one that I'm fading. I don't. I don't hate the Big Ten. It's just the way that this works out. They are <laughs> number. They're number one in adjusted offense. They're one fifteen in defense. That's Jeez. not gonna cut it either. Texas Tech, number fifty two on offense. They're too slow for the tournament. When he gets there, like the the tournament, it's good if you play great defense. But at some point, you're gonna need to cook up a little bit of offense. And you're going to play all these close games if you can't score and your defense is tight. And, you know, Virginia did it a couple years ago where their offense sunk and they were winning games 57-52. They also lost like 12 years in a row with Tony Bennett, including the first round to a team called the Golden Retrievers. I have a Golden Retriever. <laughs> Doesn't mean that I think they can win a goddamn basketball game. There's a bunch of air buds out there and UVA <laughs> lost. So what I'm saying is it's, that's a harder path to win than having a good offense and a Decent defense. I think it's much harder. Shouts to Air Bud. <laughs> I didn't think I would make that in the show. That was great. Uh, <laughs> Texas, I'm fading. They have Chris Beard, who obviously came from Texas Tech. Their tempo, number 342 in the country. Again, they're going to play cool. these really close, slow games. It doesn't work for me. You might win a game or two in the tournament, but if you're talking about being a Final Four contender, I don't think that you can win four games in a row with a tempo like that. Alabama. Maybe my favorite fade in the first round of the tournament. They are number 79 on defense. That's not going to cut it. And then Providence also, who they have a crazy game going on with Xavier. I don't know if that ended yet. Uh, I'm too scared to look because I had too much money on Xavier. But um, they're number one in luck, and they're about to be a four seed. Uh, so fade the luck. I, usually that has worked out pretty well for me. Uh, best bets for Thursday night that I'll get to. Indiana minus six and a half versus Maryland. Murray State minus two and a half versus Belmont. Not not a fake school. John Morant went there. Uh, <laughs> next next two are though. Uh, Fullerton plus two versus UC Irvine. A little little uh, SoCal wow. action. Cal Fullerton. Then, oh, <laughs> just you wait for the last one. Quinnipiac minus oh, two God. versus Siena. 
The, Jesus, is that the Battle of New York versus. teams? I think Sienna's in oh, New yeah. York, right? Yeah, I know Kanibiak. Yeah, and that's up by uh, up by uh, oh, what the hell is the name of that school? I don't know. It's somewhere in up upstate New York. But uh, Cal Forge, isn't that like a baseball school? It's funny that you're betting on basketball. It's funny <laughs> that you know that that's a baseball school. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's, is, a, that's, how, definitely... that's how gross it gets. You're betting on Cal Fullerton. But I've been there. I, I bet when we were in Vegas, I bet Pepperdine against freaking Gonzaga plus 31. What am I doing? I have no that... handicap for that. I'm like, yo, that, that spread is just too wide. Plus 31, I'm going. Fuck it. Let's do it. Uh, it worked out. Little, but uh... <laughs> That might have been a little pocket heading talking on the gambling sheet. <laughs> Likely. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that that does it. For, that's too funny. I think that does it for our podcast, episode 57 or season two, episode one. I haven't figured out how I want to title this yet, but uh, <laughs> we'll, fi- we'll figure it out later. Um, Dan, we'll talk next week. Can't wait to get into all the NBA and college basketball betting with you over the next couple months and NBA draft coming up. We got to start getting on our shit, figuring out what we want to do. That's how we started this whole podcast last year. Yes, you go sir. back to episode one. It's you and I yelling about M- NFL draft stuff. So we're going to bring it back. <laughs> Again, this year, can't wait. Oh, yeah. uh, remember that 7-6 contest going on with Anthony Edwards jersey. you got to be in by Thursday night at 5 p.m. All right, until next week, Dan. Good talking to you. Let's yes, win sir. some best, baby. All right, peace.